This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. Hey, blowholes. It's Melissa. <laughs> and I'm Kevin. And here we are on episode 26. With blow blowholes and gut buckets. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you? Uh, a little of both. Okay. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about our top five Are You Afraid of the Darks? Uh, Extremely difficult. With an asterisk, because we're talking about our oh, top oh, six. <laughs> top six, are you for the stars? <laughs> we just couldn't make up our minds on that last one, and we still have close calls to spare. Yeah, I have a huge list of just... <laughs> I, 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 it was very difficult to pick between these. Yeah, uh, uh, and this is an episode... So at the beginning of the uh, podcast, we talked about how um, one episode we were really excited about was favorite theme songs... Um, but top five, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And as it proves, top six, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Is something I've been really excited about. Yeah. And making the list has been anxiety-inducing. <laughs> it really has. I, I had a very late night um, watching episodes. Just, you know, I don't want to screw this up. Yeah, it's tough. And I don't want to leave any really good ones out. that I And I love some ones that maybe aren't technically the greatest or something but yeah so it's hard it was hard yeah these lists will be from our hearts yeah um and then uh so andrew and i will share our list and uh melissa and kevin are here for commentary mm-hmm. yeah and if you guys want to make it a top seven i'd, I'd be okay with that <laughs> don't even tempt us you speak from your hearts and we'll tell you you're wrong yeah. <laughs> so you're chris today <laughs> i'm the villain here yeah, we need, the antagonist. A, we need an antagonist <laughs> if Chris isn't here. Um, okay, but before we do that, we always love reading your guys' thoughts, and uh, we have another of Celeste's uh, emails, and uh, we've these have been very informative. We, we love hearing from yeah, Celeste. Yeah. Uh, so today she's commenting on an episode, Melissa, you were on. Uh, she sent us her worst characters, mm. uh, and so let's, let's just dive right in. Uh, Celeste number five was Kel from Keenan and Kel. <laughs> wow. Really? She says, I don't like him because, well, he's just really loud and obnoxious. <laughs> I can get behind that. Yeah, that was kind of my feeling on <laughs> Kel as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I think maybe there's something about Kel when you're a kid that's more appealing. Yeah. And now going back and watching. Right. Like, oh, just take a breath. <laughs> I think we all related to him because we all loved orange soda. So. Yeah. I know I did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, number four was Big Bob Pataki from Hey Arnold. She says, this guy is just horrible. He yells all of the time, never pays attention to Helga, always confusing her with Olga, and obsessing so much over Olga's accomplishments, acting like Helga doesn't even exist. Anyways, uh, she does not like Big Bob. She says, he's wow. downright harsh. His anger reminds me of my own father when he got mad sometimes, and I can not stand the guy. I was going to say, Celeste, this must echo to her childhood, and yeah, it does. It's home a little bit. And I, I think we talked about Big Bob, uh, maybe both of us, I can't remember who. I think multiple people mm-hmm. had it on their list. Well, but... in, in listener topics, too, we talked about what Bob might be up to now. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was the, that was the most in-depth analysis that I think I've heard on <laughs> yeah, this yeah, podcast, so that, that, was, that was great. I feel confident in saying that no other podcast is um, analyzing Bob Pataki. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, we should start a Bobcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think, uh, Pate- even though nobody really seems to like Bob, I think like what she mentioned is probably for a lot of kids, that character may have hit home. Uh, as yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. He was a very real guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Realistic character. A real jerk. Just yeah. 
Yeah, just a very difficult, demanding type guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so her number three is Angelica Pickles from Regrats. Uh, she says she loves Tommy, but uh, Angelica's her least favorite. She's a brat, and she's horrible to the babies, and she says she has an atrocious... Uh, singing voice. She says she's not. She's glad she's not related to Angelica because while Tommy and Dill give her plenty of chances, uh, well, mostly Tommy, while Dill pulls on her hair and calls her yucky. Sorry, but I wouldn't be nearly as nice. Uh, she would have gotten her karma a long time ago, and that's where we'll leave it. <laughs> Yowza. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. Um, my four-year-old daughter, who knows how to use Netflix better than I do, um, <laughs> found her way to Rugrats Go Wild the other day, and I listened to Angelica's rap song in that movie. Oh, it was boy. Just, it was hideous. So, that uh, What movie? Which one? Rugrats Go Wild. Oh, I haven't seen they, that one. Where they uh, join up with the wild thornberries. Oh, okay. Yeah. What does she rap about? Um, she, she's the princess on the island, and all of the babies are going to worship her. So, <laughs> Were you upset that your four-year-old had to hear something like that? Um, no. Did they give her ideas? Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, this is getting a little deep for me. Bad in- <laughs> yeah. <Time> influences. <laughs> Time will tell. Right, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Celeste number two is Dottie from As Told by Ginger. To put it simply, she's very manipulative and she's very selfish, never thinking of others. She always, She's always getting Ginger into trouble, and well, I just didn't like her. Okay. Uh, and number one, I think you might be shocked here. Is it Ren? I hope it's Ren. <laughs> I, I wish, but oh. it's not. Uh, number one is Spongebob from Spongebob. Oh, wow. That is she mm-hmm. says not yeah uh, she says yeah i don't only hate the show because it's overplayed and been run into the ground but in my opinion not only has it been suffering from seasonal rot since it started nickelodeon failed to respect the creator's wishes to have the show stop post the first movie continuing with it without him for several years uh, but spongebob's voice is the most annoying voice i've ever heard i'd rather listen to angelica's nasty singing for an hour over his loud horribly <laughs> sounding voice and his laugh, just ridiculous. Plus, a sponge who wears clothes and has arms and legs, that creeps me out. Um, <laughs> it's like something right out of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like if there were ever an episode called The Tale of the Moving Sponge or something along those lines. Anyways, I'm not a fan. Um, and so yeah, uh, so that was Celeste's uh, worst characters. Some good some good choices. Yeah, interesting. Ca- Spongebob? Yes, yeah, so that was a very, the strongest opinion I've yeah. ever heard on any character, <laughs> ever. Yeah, <laughs> certainly the strongest anti-Spongebob stance right. I've ever heard. In my life, ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to me he's always been kind of just a passable, Yeah, hard, to, hard to hate him, but... I've, I love Spongebob. I appreciate that. I think Celeste is some kind of 90s Nickelodeon expert that I've never encountered. So, uh, really great list. Yeah, cool. Well, should we get into our top six Are You Afraid of the Dark? We shall. And this number six one will be interesting because it's the one we just simply could not cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, is, so, which one will be your six and five? I mean, how are you going to decide which one is the one you couldn't cut and you had to push it down to number six? <laughs> It's a, it was tough. It's you had to make it's all opinion. It's all opinion. And you yeah, feel free to tell us we are wrong. Yeah, you might uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's her job. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, man, number <laughs> number 6 was maybe the hardest of the entire list cuz I really didn't want to cut out a lot of them. So but should, should we save 6 for last? Uh, no, I would okay. just want to jump in. I mean, cuz it's not a close call. <laughs> It's not. It's not been downgraded. Yeah, to close I, it's call. so good that I want it so on close. the actual list. It's on the list. <laughs> uh, so my number six is Old Man Corcoran. Okay. Uh, sure. Spooky. Hope you don't scare easy. What's there to be scared about? It's just a graveyard. Everyone's dead here. Well, kinda. What are you talking about? You didn't tell them the legend of Old Man Corcoran. The legend of who? Old Man Corcoran. Who was the groundskeeper here? He used to dig the graves by hand. No machinery. He thought he owned the place. So he'd walk around at night, all by himself, just to make sure no one was trespassing. If he wasn't here, he'd be out in the woods by his cabin, just playing his harmonica. That's not much of a legend. Oh, it gets better. They say he was crazy. They say he caught this kid. Stealing something from a shack. 
So he took an axe and cut his hand off. Whack! One day, he was digging a grave when all of a sudden, the size caved in on him. He was buried alive. Some say he still walks the graveyard at night, looking for trespassers. And if it's real quiet, you might even hear him playing his harmonica off in the distance. Yeah, really a lot of great great things about this episode. Uh, it's kind of like a ghost episode. And I think the thing that really brought it home for me is the hanging out, like, with a bunch of kids at night in the neighborhood. In the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. So that just that idea of being out late as a kid mm. in the scary situation, I think, really solidified that episode for me. Yeah. I've, um, so I like that episode a lot. An old man Corcoran, if you see a picture of him, he's very unsettling. Yeah, you um, think he's the ghost. That's the... <laughs> right. And I think that's probably part of the reason the episode doesn't rank higher is because I don't like that twist of um, mm. he's actually just, like, a nice guy. I don't like the twist of the ghost who's scaring you ends up being, like, an okay guy. Uh, I love not, the not twist, the... though, that the kids are, are the ghosts. I mean, yes. who saw that coming? Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. Mm. <laughs> Well, yeah. I know. Sheesh. Don't ever review that episode. Um, but they even they've even done that a little bit, like with the prom queen and uh, it's the character being dead that you don't expect to be dead. Yeah. Dream Girl, uh, which M Night Shyamalan has actually Dream Girl is the episode that inspired Shyamalan to write The Sixth Sense. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, Are You Afraid of Dark plays around with that idea a lot and. Yeah, it's clever. Well, it's I clever. I, it's a clever episode. I love the episode. Just It's mostly like one of the few episodes that's got a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I like that yeah. dynamic. Like, everybody from the neighborhood, you get the feeling, yeah. is out there. You know? I Definitely. I, I hear you on this. Yeah. Uh, okay, my number six is The Bookish Babysitter. Wow. And um, oh, you don't like it? <laughs> no, I like it. I'm just surprised it reached this high. Uh, it's an episode I've rewatched recently. All, all of these I have just to make sure. I, it doesn't touch my list unless it passed the sniff test, and this one does. Uh, first, you have um, the babysitter who is really the actress who's playing the babysitter is really. You could tell she's loving the role. She's just eating it up, um, and uh, she's like total. She's she's become her character. She, this is a method actress. I. I don't know. I haven't you read know. that. I haven't read that, but she is. And um, and uh, I just love the way they play with, like, the book. It's kind of like Jumanji a little bit um, mm -hmm. in the Are You Afraid of the Dark universe. Rather than a board game in Jumanji, you have the books coming to life. Um, you have the really obnoxious kid who you're very happy to, like, have all these ghouls and ghosts and witches come at him. Um, and so it's an episode that I think never really slows down. I think that's one of the major positives to it. Some are you afraid of the dark? There's like little lulls where there's not a ton happening, and right from the start, she's given this. She's she's spooking kids. Yeah. Okay. I I like it. It's a very great, unique episode, mm -hmm. and I think uh, like it really uh, realized the idea well yeah. that the episode was about. And I think it's a weird one. Like if I. If you think about, like, uh, the concept of it, uh, it's like, it feels like it shouldn't work very well, I guess. I guess it's an example of Are You Afraid of the Dark pulling something off that seems yeah like it shouldn't. And it's kind of a nerdy concept, too. It's not it's not the coolest episode yeah. of, ooh, the book is coming to life. And I think that's part of the concept. They, they now acknowledge that this is kind of silly, but um, do, you, do you recall any babysitters, any of you, that, like... Uh, we're cool, or because she's a real cool babysitter. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, know. you know, I, I had a babysitter growing up. Is actually a guy, and uh, he had all kinds of like fake knives and like kind of Halloweeny stuff. Mm -hmm. and he, he let us all shoot like a, a you fake, thought they were fake. A fake <laughs> right. He let us all shoot like a fake like horror movie or something, and then oh. he, and then we showed it to my dad, and he, that babysitter never came back. So. <laughs> So, wow. <laughs> but maybe he opened your because you really liked in, in high school at least you really liked filming things yeah. uh, you always had your camera you still have your camera a lot that's true and so maybe inspired you maybe this guy changed your life 
I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I don't know if you looked, before we go on, I don't know if you looked up your storyteller for that one, but for Old Man Corcoran, it was Kiki. Oh, uh, Kiki's a great storyteller. <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> I, I don't know. That that never really mattered to me as a kid, and I never considered it as an adult. <laughs> How so. dare you? <laughs> a disgrace. Um, no, that's fair. Uh, the bookish babysitter was told by everybody's favorite, Betty Ann. Mm. Um, everybody's favorite, huh? We she talk, is very good. She's we, a good we, storyteller. We, we've been through this on uh, Laughing in the Dark and Crimson Clown Verses. We've been through this on uh, Listener Topics. Betty Ann is... Uh, just in a different, just in a different level. <laughs> okay. She's such right. an intellectual. She brings the heat. <laughs> they don't even need a fire. They don't All even right. need a campfire. Yeah. Betty Ann is the heat. My favorite is Gary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's do number five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number five is Ghastly Grinner. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. My definitely as a kid, I think it was easily my favorite episode. Okay. Uh. Just a very, very visually appealing episode, and it was doing things that, like, horror movies at the time were doing, I guess. It felt more like a real horror thing, I guess, than some of the other episodes. I agree with that. Um, It didn't make my list, and it'll be on my close calls. Spoilers, I guess. But but I will explain. There is a very specific reason. (laughs) Hmm. It didn't make my list. Okay, all right. Well, do you do you, you want to predict what was like the shattering factor for me? Well, I'll tell you the thing for me that almost kept it off the list yeah. was kind of just the way that the story played out. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't quite, it didn't quite fully make sense. I guess. Okay. Um. So that was kind of held it back for me, but okay, close. Close, yeah. but uh, not quite it. Okay. I actually recognize that episode by name, which has not been true of the others, so that's, that's good. Did it scare you as a kid? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what? That one scared me big time. Yeah. I hate, I've hate. i always hated, like, clowns as a kid. He's mm-hmm. he's a clown, right? He's like yeah, a gesture I think so. clown. Yeah, yeah. yeah gesture, uh, gesture. Yeah, that, that was terrifying as a kid. I hated clowns. And they gave him a really interesting makeup design. He was yeah. like yellow and purple, yeah. or yellow and blue. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I feel like that was not the interpretations of clowns I'd ever seen. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. like a ghoul with like really tired eyes. They almost give him like yeah. um, bags under That's his eyes. That's like very effective. His victims uh, had the technique. bags under their eyes, so they all these gross yeah. bags under their eyes with that Drooling. oozing blue. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah, that drooling <clears throat> craziness. Kind of, mm-hmm. kind of ghastly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great ghastly. way to, great yeah. way to put it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Did you say who told that story? Uh, that was Betty Ann. So, sure it was. Yeah, yeah, yep. I know. Sure it was. I know. All right. <laughs> uh, my number five, and I think maybe the biggest surprise on my list is the tale of the hatching. Whoa! Oh <laughs> man! Yeah. <laughs> I've never um, seen that. <laughs> the tale of the the tale of the hatching is told by David, um, and if you don't remember, for those of you who don't remember the tale of the hatching, it's uh, two kids who are being sent to like a private school. It has kind of another uh, like another brick in the wall type feel to it, and uh, everything is kind of strange at the school. There's two headmasters who are really weird, and the school has a tonal system. So like every so often, you just hear this weird tone, and um, it also. Yeah, the kids act weird when they hear the tones. They get up and they go out at night and they start, like, feeding this pond with eggs in it. Uh, Sounds pretty creepy. It's pretty weird. Yeah. And it, it, um, the reason I like it so much is just because it, I think it had, like, from start to finish, it had a feel of being, like, an isolated, you're stuck in the school, something's off about everybody. Um, and then I really love the conclusion with the... I guess what you would call monster, um, and how they defeat that monster. Um, I'm afraid we can't let you out to tell our secret. What are you? The last of a race that was doomed to extinction. Until now. We've nurtured the eggs for ages. Soon they'll hatch, and once again we can populate the Earth. 
That's definitely one of the more impressive effects of mm-hmm. the entire series, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and you know they thought so, too, because when when they defeat the monster, it's like one of those like quick cuts where it replays how <laughs> how it happens yeah. like three times in a row, like boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do we get the most out of this one shot? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very good episode. Creepy one. Mm-hmm. It's that, that uh, kind of classic us versus that. Like, we're yes. the normal ones, and right. they're the crazy ones but yeah. they're everybody else yeah and there's a great reveal of you know I just, I don't, who cares if i spell it uh there's a great <laughs> reveal that the headmasters like got a lizard yeah. arm and uh they're lizard people um and those that they're feeding the eggs um i also did like the stuff that they were eating something mm-hmm. about that was pretty effective yeah it's almost mush- like like uh, cream of wheat or something i yeah. guess but yeah, just the idea of them eating solely that for right. that long, right. very weird. Yeah, and that the that the mixture of that food and the tone just yeah. like triggers the kids' minds to become zombie like. Yeah. Um, and that, and another thing, because I think what is clear about our list is we're not picking the technically favorites. Maybe I don't know. I, I kind of combined what I loved and technically good, I guess. Yeah. So I just. Okay, you know. yeah. I mean, th- that one just has a place in my head, and yeah. so I, I totally I get it. It's not great, but um, I, like, remember the day I watched it, and I think that has, like, a really big effect, mm. is that, like, I remember sitting down and watching that one. I remember what I did that day. <laughs> what did you do that day? Uh, we, my sister, who was on a softball team, it was the end of their season, and they had a big gathering for all the players on the softball team and their families at a water park. Uh, and so we went to this water park, and it was really fun. Went down the slides. Uh, I remember that day on the radio. Um, it was the first time I had ever heard the Cranberries song "Dreams," which is one of my favorite wow. songs of all time. Yeah. This is one of the best days of your life, isn't it? Uh, and I remember driving home and like really being really tired, and just going into the basement and like turning on the TV, and the hatching was on. And I, the day—it's just one of those weird days from your childhood yeah. that like you just kind of remember every little part yeah. of it. Uh, and so. That probably has a big. Uh, I wanted to include it just because I felt like I have an attachment to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you sat down on that couch with no idea that you were about to watch the top five. <laughs> right. That, are you yeah, that in twenty years, just I, yeah. cherry on top of one of the greatest days of your life. Yeah, on the couch, I, I was just Bring like, in twenty years, down. I'm gonna wax poetic about the hatching. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about this. <laughs> I can feel it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be hard to follow that up, yeah. but uh, <laughs> my number four is Dream Girl. Oh. Mm. Uh, very, uh, maybe the most technically well put together episode, I think, um, story-wise and, like, filmically, if that's a word. Yeah. Um, you know, Joey's already broken this one down, so you, you don't really have to. <laughs> no. It's, I mean, it's, I think it's on a whole nother level if you watch it. It's like... It's almost too serious for a kid's show or something. Like, very real. The characters are, like, feel like real people. And the final kind of conclusion is, like, just so... It's kind of devastating. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. It's more cinematic than any of the episodes. It's a little more somber than the rest of the episodes. It even feels like the performance are a little more serious. Like, it's like you're watching a teen drama. Yeah. Yeah. And not an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's funny that you... I was going to bring up uh, Sixth Sense. I wondered yeah. if it had anything to do with it. Because I was like, this... <laughs> it's almost the exact same thing. And, yeah. and personally, I at this point in my life, I prefer this episode over the Sixth Sense. Oh. Because I just don't want to watch really two hours anymore of something that I know <laughs> is going to happen, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, they're still pretty different. Yeah, they're very yeah. different. I, I think that... In this case, Are You Afraid of the Dark might have gotten the feel that I want for this particular topic a little wow. bit better. Wow. Dream Girl over Six Sense. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> do you do you like M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. Yeah? Um, I don't... I mean, I feel like I'm probably split between what movies I really like of his and which ones I don't. Yeah. Um, but I like Six Sense, and I loved it at the time. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. It's really effective. Uh, I just think... This episode really just has a feel that I can't quite nail down that uh, makes it really effective. And who who uh, told this story? Oh yeah, this was Sam. 
So who's a better storyteller, Sam or M. Night Shyamalan? <laughs> or if you want to include... Sam is a little more succinct, as it turns out, really. can tell his stories quickly, so... so I mean, without Sam, Shyamalan is nothing. Yeah, as yeah. it turns out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just real interested, real fast. What's your favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie? Hmm. Pro- I think Signs. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You get any uh, favorites? Uh, Last Airbender. <laughs> uh, yeah, surprisingly, I actually enjoyed that movie. <laughs> okay. Or Someone maybe not to. surprisingly, if you know me. <laughs> I'll say that the trailer, the lead up to the happening, was really good. It was. But the movie was awful. Yeah. But I remember thinking, "Oh, this is going to be like the best M Night Shyamalan I, movie I've ever seen in my life." I definitely feel that way too. Yes, um, my buddy and I. I don't know if he listens, but if anybody knows, tell him to listen. Uh, Mike Robinson, my buddy from college, we both went to college together, but we also lived in near each other. And so the happening came out in the summer, and we were both diehard. We are M. Night Shyamalan apologists. Uh, we'll defend anything. Lady in the Water, a masterpiece. Uh, and so when the happening came out, we were like, let's meet up and go see it. We were all jacked, because it really, the lead up was like... right. Like, this is the new Hitchcock. Uh, and I remember us leaving the theater and just looking at each other. Like, our heads were hanging and looking at each other like, oh, man, what did we just sit through? And it was like an awkward date or something. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> you know? um, but, it, no, I really love Shyamalan. Um, What's your favorite? Wait, so what was... Wait, hold on. What, Melissa, you said you were excited for The Happening. Oh, yeah. Right. I don't know. I mean, uh, Signs was great. It is. But I think The Sixth Sense was just, that was the best. Yeah. I was actually going to say that movie, but I was going to struggle with all those consonants right now. We're pronouncing <laughs> it, so I skipped it. Yeah. <laughs> it. It seems like the popular choice these days is Unbreakable, um, yeah. which, right. is, which is yeah. a really good one. It is mm-hmm. very good. But I think I'm with you guys. If I'm going to pop one in, it's probably Signs. Um, I think it has the most repeating, yes. repeat viewing mm-hmm. type type thing going on. Yeah, the sixth sense. Like once you've seen it once, it's like oh. Okay. That was such yeah. a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Signs was probably better. I think. Yeah. I. They're all good. Yeah. yeah. Um, way off topic, but uh, <laughs> good pick. All right. So my number four. Uh, is a story unsurprisingly told by Betty Ann. Uh, Wait, real quick, Betty Ann or M. Night Shyamalan? Uh, he wishes. Okay. He wishes. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a tale called The Tale of the Nightly Neighbors. Ooh. Um, and it's a real simple premise. A new family moves into the neighborhood. Um, immediately there's rumors going on that there's something weird about the family. You never see the kid um, outside. And so the suspicion is that they're, of course, vampires. Yeah. Hey, new neighbors moving in. At night? What's with the black clothes? I think they look cool. Maybe they're artists, foreign diplomats. Or maybe they got dressed in the dark. I don't know they look stupid. Whoever they are, they don't fit this boring neighborhood. Whoa! Tell me that wasn't creepy. I think I'm going to avoid our neighbors. Um, and so the kids are trying to break into the house, uh, see what's happening. Um, and uh, it's just, it's all the way through, it's really done effectively. Yeah, there's a twist, mm-hmm. but I don't even think that that's the best part of the episode. It's not. I think the whole feel of it, it's one of those ones that has like a little bit more of a lighthearted feel and like you almost kind of feel part of it, I yeah. guess. To yeah. Me. So it's yeah. a very good watchable episode. Like you feel, you're with the two kids. You're like, yeah, break into the house. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's an adventure. That adventure type uh, of feeling. Exactly. Almost a Goonies ish thing. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, do we tell the spoiler or should we not? You know what? And you should tell it because I did not rewatch this episode recently, mm-hmm. and it reminds me a lot of Fright Night. Mm. Yeah, That's yeah, it does have some. So I'm sure there wasn't nudity in this. No, I don't believe <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> yeah, maybe with Gary. Yeah. 
Uh, I say go ahead and spoil it. I mean, you've spoiled all of them so we'll be far. be spoiling it right now. <laughs> so. If you've never seen Nightly Neighbors, turn it off For ten now. Seconds. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they find, of course, like, blood bags and things in the basement. Everything to imply that these people are vampires. Um, and so the twist ends up being, of course, that it's the little boy who's the master, um, of the adults. Yeah. And And the adults aren't even vampires. No, they're his servants. They're simply going out and trying to find blood for him. Um, and so, yeah, it's that, uh, again, it's a little bit of a twist. Not, not crazy shocking, but satisfying. Kind of in the same way that, like, Twilight Zone might do. Yeah. Um, it, all around a really good episode and good acting. Yeah. Uh, the the I think they're called the Braun family, the mm. the vampire family, quote unquote. Uh, the parents are really good in it. Yeah, really that really is a good acted episode all around. Yeah. Betty Ann. Yeah, she, these are her creations. <laughs> she is good. She's good. <laughs> all right. Well, number three might be a surprise to you. Maybe not. But it's going to be the phone police. Ah, <laughs> yes. I I had my deep suspicions that it may end up on your list. Come on back. Using the phone to tell a couple of jokes, eh? What? Just stand there, young fella. Take care of you. I really love this episode, especially re-watching it now. I think it's even better than it seemed at the mm-hmm. time. It's almost like a, um, what's it called? Like a 1984, like, dystopian future. Yeah. Um, but with the phones, these kids pranking, prank calling. They yes. love it. Yeah. And uh, getting caught by the phone police. It's a it's 100% a 1990s episode. Yeah. Um, the first joke in the episode is the kid pranking someone, asking if their refrigerator is running. Um, and uh, this is one I'd really like to do an episode review on, and actually someone's requested that we do it. So I think at some point we will, but it is, yeah, it's quirky. Um, Got a lot of good things about it. And yeah. a lot of good, uh, I think, like, almost advanced concepts for Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like, uh the way that the whole world changes at yeah. once he's uh, put in jail. Yeah. Um, it's or, like a... Orwellian. Yeah. 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 It's a very... Ah, man, really great episode. Just one of my favorites. Forget it, kid! No one gets away from the phone police! So you're saying the phone police are real? I think that that's like the scary part about right. it. Is like as a kid, you almost do think this could be real, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, we all have done it. We've yeah, yeah. All <laughs> pranked somebody. In the in the episode, they have the phone book open, which is like how you would have done yeah. it. You would have you know, right. found a number. Uh, it felt very real. Yeah. This was uh, told by Tucker. Oh, interestingly, oh, Tucker yeah. doesn't have many uh, claims yeah. to fame, but it was actually told by him through a phone. That's right. They set the big portable phone yeah. on the seat yeah. on the Midnight Society. It's got some kind of weird, like, phone speaker system that I've never seen before. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, anyway, all around weird episode. I guess yeah. a technology episode that maybe doesn't feel as relevant today. But yeah. But I think every other part of the episode is. And they don't. They didn't try a lot of technology stuff. There's. Uh, yeah. There's a. There's a couple, but. Um, even though it's not super relatable today, it's still a fun watch. I think they were pretty good with the technology stuff, too, because it never... It was stuff that was, like, available at the time, but they yeah. never pushed it so hard that when you watch it now, you're thinking, yeah. this is... <laughs> it, it could fit into the general range of phone, computer, video yeah, game, yeah. pinball, whatever it is, it could fit into a general topic. Yeah. And it didn't rely on that specifically to, like make the episode i guess yeah Yeah. okay very good uh my number three is the tale of the quiet librarian uh a a spooky little tale uh where two kids are working on a homework assignment one studious one not so much he's distracted with his little noise machine in the library noise Uh, machines (laughs) classic 
Also classic 90s. Uh, we have like just a little device and the only purpose is like to hit a button and it makes like machine gun noises. Um, so this is one where you go back and you're like, oh yeah, that was a fun toy. Um, anyways, they forget the assignment in the library. Uh, devastating. And, yeah, well, <laughs> academically devastating and psychologically as it turns out um, because going to the library at night is a scary thing and they discover the reading room behind the big shelf. Uh, and, um, yeah, that imagery has really stuck with me of the kids just reading with cobwebs and, um, the quiet librarian herself is very scary. Um, it's just, uh, it's another one of those that really stuck with me. Anytime I'm in a library, I guess I don't think about it, but to me, the library is an unusual place. It's different than everything else in public Definitely. Uh, because you're expected to be quiet. You're, you're, you can get kind of lost in a library. Especially now. It's yeah. Like very surreal almost yeah. it's so very strange to everything else it's an atmosphere <laughs> unlike any other like you have to be quiet it's very nobody's really like i see other people in the library now i'm like what are you doing like, why are you here <laughs> it is a collection of weirdos now of right? like we're we're everybody else doesn't need this place but we do yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh I, I think maybe the quiet librarian is just trying to keep that intact of um yeah I, I do especially like the back room, the secret back room. It's really cool. Very good effect. Yes. Um, the absence of noise that the episode uses is really cool. Um, so I think it's a it's a pretty well-made episode. It's a concept that I felt like I hadn't really seen a ton of times, or maybe yeah. ever, so. Yeah, another, one of the, another example of them really making the most out of what they had available, yeah. uh, effects-wise. Yeah. Um, and I forgot to mention, this is a Kiki story. Mm. Maybe my wow, first. two Kiki. Classics. What was the other one? Old Man Corcoran. Yeah, she was one of my least favorite. Are you? It must be like members? ghost ones, I guess. Yeah. Or like that know, would make yeah. sense. Yeah, um, but she was really brash. You know, like really in people's faces. <laughs> yeah, she had a strong personality. She sure That's did. fine with with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll take Gary over Kiki any day. I did like how Kiki often kept Tucker in check. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, she had no problem giving yeah. Tucker a hard time. Yeah, while no, while No tomfoolery for Tucker. No, yeah, while Gary's grown a backbone, Kiki's <laughs> rearing her his brother. Okay. Um number 2? Well, my number 2, The Twisted Claw. I hear some of the candy's poison this year. <laughs> the pilot episode. Yep, mm. I'm afraid so. <laughs> wasn't uh, that a, wasn't that specifically a Halloween episode? Yeah. 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 I wish everyone uh, could see Andrew's face of anticipation <laughs> before he. Uh, I knew he this was going to be a <laughs> And Joey shaking of his head. Episode. <laughs> Yeah, these things don't read, but I'm in disagreement. Oh, man. For one thing, it takes place on Halloween, so already that's great. Mm -hmm. And there's costumes, which adds to the atmosphere of the episode. Um, and it's the classic monkey's paw tale. You know, you get... But, uh, interesting twist on it. The, like, kind of disgusting claw and... Uh, the old lady that's, like, the scary, almost witch-like old lady. Got yeah. a really good got a lot of really good like halloween type elements and mm -hmm. i think that uh halloween and are you afraid of the dark combining for me made for a great episode i can appreciate the halloween spirit as it is october yeah. um <clears throat> it's an episode i've tried a couple times because i feel like maybe i'm missing something and i just can never get into it hmm. uh, and i i wonder if it's how the episode starts because the episode starts with the kids going up to this lady's doorbell and just ruining her life they like throw <laughs> things in her face <laughs> And so I truly dislike the kids, which I think is part of the purpose a little bit. And there's like a weird group of bullies in the episode that are like out of like clockwork orange. Yeah. And uh, it just. I agree. It's a little disturbing and depressing. 
Yeah. I think it's got a good mix of scary and goofy antics, I guess. Yeah. Surprisingly, it's one of the only Are You Afraid of the Darks that deals directly with Halloween. Yeah. yeah. So I can totally appreciate that. Um, I just think, uh, yeah. Well, I love the episode. <laughs> good for you. And who told it? That was David. Pretty good storyteller. David was a hottie. <laughs> um, okay, so my number two, let's just uh, stay on the David train, shall we? Uh, my number two is The Tale of the Lonely Ghost. Uh-huh. Great one. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to say anything before I even? Uh, no. I do not. Oh. Take it away. Fine. Um, no, yeah, it's an episode that there's a couple things I like about it. It's the being stuck in a house alone thing, the dare. Um, this girl has just the worst cousin on earth. Um, she's a like a real bully. Um, and they're trying to trick her into thinking that she'd be let into their group of friends if she spends her uh, night alone in this house. And that to me was always... That, uh, that in itself was a terrifying thought of being stuck in a creepy house all night. Um, that really like was enough to get me unnerved by the episode. But then the very effective use of the ghost in the mirror of course the backwards help me written on all over the walls um and to think that like you could be trapped in that room all night would i felt like as a kid i understood that psychologically that was damaging (laughs) um this was definitely one of the more frightening episodes mm -hmm. um i just i like it a lot i think it's a strong episode but at the end of the day it doesn't have the quite the feel that I want mm-hmm. from, that I like, I guess. So that's really, you know, my opinion, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. You know, yeah. I, I think it's... A, You're entitled to your I, opinion. The, I guess going back to, like, the thing I was talking about with Old Man Corcoran, one thing I would hold against the episode is that, again, I don't totally love, and Ari Frey the Dark does it a lot, I don't love when the ghost is at first menacing and then like by the end you're supposed to feel bad for the ghost. Mm. Like the ghost is the victim in the case. They do it a lot. I guess I'm okay it's, with it. it it's right? effective, but I think it it, it uh, takes out a little bit of the sting. I kind of like that all right. I think this episode probably does it the best mm. of those episodes. Okay. Yeah, sure. You guys, you guys don't remember this one? I remember the resolution when she, like, hands over the locket. You don't remember the help me? I remember that, that but I remember like the ending, like, oh, she's just, unnerving. She's just yeah. a lonely person. All over the room. Yeah, I remember that. But I remember thinking, oh, I shouldn't have been so scared that whole time. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, yeah. taking out the sting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never watch it a second time being scared all over again. You're like, yeah. oh, well, if you only knew how she really felt and what was really going on yeah yeah no okay so the big one well number one this was tough but i couldn't not pick this one and i went with midnight madness okay um i mean i think it's a little obvious i tried to go with something else but it's just too it's got too many great elements to not pick it i guess the monster great vink i do love to see him um, I think the characters were really good and they were acted well. Yeah. The story the kids at was, the theater. Yeah. yeah. The story was well paced and it's almost in my mind like the ultimate uh, like evolution of what Are You Afraid of the Dark is. Mm. Like the monster coming out of the screen. Yeah. And attacking you. So it, for all those reasons, <laughs> it just topped the list. It's uh, the imagery from that episode is just super memorable. Uh, everything about it kind of is, even if you don't remember exactly how the story goes, there's like just a lot of pieces you remember yeah. from Midnight Madness, and it's a great name of the episode. It is, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think um, as a kid and now, and probably why we're talking about this now, uh, movies and TV were like a big part of my yeah life, I guess. So just it really all came together in this episode yeah something coming out of the screen seemed relevant since as kids of the 90s we were staring at screens a yeah lot. <laughs> that's what you're afraid of really yeah it's not that this thing was here but that it was going to come from the movie mm. so frightening i just watched this one again the other day and the the acting of the theater manager drove me crazy his uh. accent and the overacting <laughs> 
It was so ridiculous. I, I laughed. I, I wasn't scared enough the entire episode because I knew that yeah. idiot I was, was going to be good. back on I thought it. he was a pretty good, like... Like, um, oh, yeah, you're going to tell me I'm going to make some money? Okay, here we go. <laughs> he was such an idiot. <laughs> Let's see it. Well, I guess I don't have to rewatch it after that impression. A black and white silent film is going to turn this place around. That ain't a vampire movie. That's a fairy tale. You don't have to believe me. Just show my film once and you'll see. As for payment... Ah, here we go. I don't want money. All I ask is that once your success is assured, you give me one night a week of your choosing to show my other films to the public. <laughs> this film can do as you say. I'll give you three nights plus a cut of the vending. <laughs> I don't want your popcorn money. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. <laughs> he was the perfect, another great example of the dumb like, adult and smart yeah. kid. And behind that thick accent, Melissa, is just a vulnerable French-Canadian actor looking for, uh, look, looking for a break. That's how he thought New Yorkers said, maybe. <laughs> okay! Uh, hey, what's with this vink uh, hey, uh, Alright. Well, no, Midnight Madness, I think, would make most people's around the top. Uh, it does not make my final list. It makes... It could be a close call, but we'll find out. Uh, I cannot believe this was not on your top six. Um, I think easily the best episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, the anticipation is just... I Kevin mean, should yeah. know better than anyone. Number one is The Tale of Laughing in the Dark. Okay. Uh, told by, once again, the great, the unstoppable Betty Ann. Um, I think this this episode oh, is... Oh, Midnight Man, this was Frank. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, is, uh, yeah, so Frank, um, he, he, we discussed, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty solid. Um, but uh, Laughing in the Dark is, I think, definitely rewatchable. Um, the fun house is good. Uh, I think the the scares at the house are really good. Um, and it's just, like you talked about with Dream Girl, it has a, a cinematic quality almost of being just a little better made than most of the Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes. The set pieces are really effective the haunted house is believable um and it's one that i think i probably just most recognize and think about and recall from my childhood it is a great episode and i think it's almost these are almost two sides of the same coin for me like yeah. these episodes uh and i just thought midnight man just pulled it off a little better yeah yes both have aaron tagger yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, great as as I mentioned, a a force to be reckoned with as an actor, um, but uh, I I liked your list a lot. I think my only problem was Twisted Claw. If you could pick one on my list, that you is there one on my list where you're like, what? yeah, um, what? Uh, it was your second one, or number two, Lonely Ghost. Yes, Lonely okay. Ghost. Okay, all right, sure. So, I, uh, I actually look forward to hearing uh, Celeste weigh in on this. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope she does. Um, before we do our close calls, is there any episodes, Melissa, Kevin, you just want want to throw out as ones you kind of like just kind of quickly recall or as a kid had a, had some meaning? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you are not a big are you for the dark? I I am. I just I haven't watched them nearly as uh, as in depth as you. Do not remember have, any or... of the um, just. Any particular images or well, anything? That I mean, stuck of course with I you? have, but as you remember, I was the judge on one of the "Are You Afraid yeah, of yeah. the Dark?" <laughs> verses, and I think we got into a lot of that there. The uh, the frozen ghost was extremely yeah. memorable for me. Mm. Um, I think Melissa actually mentioned that uh, when she was yeah. on as well. So yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So well, there you go. I will <laughs> always remember the ghastly grinner as a kid. But one question I had for. Andrew and Joey was did you have any that you thought were amazing as kids and uh-huh. then you went and rewatched them now and you thought oh yeah that's not as great as as I thought it was um well yeah I'll start uh I think um the red bicycle tale of the red bicycle shiny red bicycle uh is one that creeped me out as a kid because of the kid ghost and then come coming back and watching it as uh an adult I guess it made me more sad 
Um, <laughs> it's like a sadder story than it is scary to me. Um, so that was one that I thought as a kid was like, wow, this is powerful. And now when I see it, it's, it's I guess, kind of powerful, but also super depressing. <laughs> and not one... Because when... In preparation for this episode, I looked at a lot of other people's lists, and it seems to be, the Shiny Red Bicycle seems to be one that ranks really high on a Mm. lot of people's lists, and I just don't feel that connection to it. Mine is similar, actually, but I feel that way about the Lonely Ghost one. Okay. Um, I mean, I I remember the uh, line... And well, that's the only part that really sticks uh, out to me. Right? I don't, I'm not really identifying it as yeah. my favorite. Oh, that's episode. Frozen Ghost. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm oh. talking about. Okay, Frozen Ghost. Okay. Yeah, and I actually, kind of, agree. I agree. Um, it uh, and I remember Melissa Joan Hart being guest starring, but besides those two points, yeah. the story's kind of mediocre. Splat has played Frozen Ghost a lot since it started airing, and it's. It's a, it's a very slow episode, too. By the time you're t- to the kid saying, I'm cold, it's halfway over. <laughs> and, yeah, you just realize, again, that this is maybe more depressing than it is scary. Yeah. Um, and the story's a little half-baked. I feel like the treasure in the, <laughs> the yeah. stove or whatever. Yeah. Not necessarily a poorly made episode, but one that just doesn't hold up yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to do Ferguson's today because... Uh, yeah. We'd like to at some point just talk about worst episodes yeah. of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Oh, I thought you were going to say because you just love them all so much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love quite a few. Yeah. I love quite a few. Um, well, just to nail down a few close calls, because I got a. I had a huge list to start off with. Um. I had Ghastly Grin, or I mean, I had Laughing in the Dark, um, and Nightly Neighbors on there. Uh, also, Prom Queen, Super Specs, Full Moon, Dangerous Soup, Watcher's Woods, Dollmaker, Renegade Virus. That's a lot of. You should have just done stuff. your top twenty. <laughs> yeah, right. You we probably should have. Uh, how, ma- how many episodes were there? You should just rate them all. From right. One to... <laughs> you can't choose. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It was tough. It was tough. Um, Pinball Wizard and Pinball Bookish Wizard. Babysitter are also amongst my favorites. But let me... Uh, if you had to pick one of those close calls... So this is what would the be number, number seven? seven. Yeah, yeah, number seven. Technically seven, <laughs> but the people need to know. Hey, you guys oh, laughed when I said a top seven, but here we go. I think I might say Super Specs. Okay. I really it's loved a, yeah. that episode. I love the characters. And what would be number yeah. eight? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I, too, have a couple uh, close calls. Um, I have Ghastly Grinner. I have... Um, oh, so the reason Ghastly Grinner just couldn't yeah. make my list is I really disliked the um, like editing technique or slash transitions they used yeah. where it was like almost the Clarissa mm. explains it all whammy bar guitar oh. uh, and it was like right. the the edits between scenes were like a comic book page turning which I get the concept um, but it like kind of took me out of the episode a little bit mm. like I'm like why is there a guitar sound like in a episode this scary actually, it seemed like the wrong choice I actually felt Almost like that was kind of appropriate. I guess my problem was more in the way that the scenes switched. Like, what scenes led into which scenes. Like, they seemed mm. like they were almost just a weird cut. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. I, I, it's a really great episode yeah. uh, that just took me out of it a little bit. I also had The Bookish Babysitter. Um, I had Renegade Virus. Yeah. Uh, and I had uh, The Tale of Dark Music, which is, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which is of course, the episode in which uh, the closet in the basement. Yeah. Uh, and th- there's something scary about the basement. Um, I remember as a kid, I was really frightened by my basement. My, but that could be because my older sister... My older sister told we have a we had a in my childhood home we had a bar in the basement, um, and my sister told me that monsters live behind the bar. So like I'd go into the basement, I'd sprint up the steps. Uh, You're just running from vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but secretly, me my parents wanted to make sure I never drank. Um, but yeah, that dark music really uses the concept of um, the basement and music that is- really well. Interesting that they didn't have more basement uh, related episodes. Yeah. It seems ripe. 
Yeah. They, I guess in um, Nightly Neighbors, they go into yeah. the basement, and that's really that tense. That is a memorable scene. <laughs> because they're in the basement as people are walking yeah. into the house. That felt, like, really claustrophobic. Um, yeah. I think Goosebumps just totally took over the basement <laughs> they did. genre. They cornered it. Every other book. <laughs> yeah, they cornered it. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, but Goosebumps was a... Uh, similar show to this probably the closest in concept to are you for the dark yeah i thought it was not quite as good usually close in close in concept but i think they missed on a lot of the stories i don't don't think the production was nearly as good yeah i think a lot of it too is you read the books so and even now as an adult you read the book and then you watch the movie and nothing's as good as (laughs) as the book and even as a kid you yeah. watch the show and you're like, no, it wasn't as good as it came from the basement. Yeah, though we did <laughs> the <talk> book, <laughs> the masterpiece, especially with a low budget. I'm like, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, this came up a few episodes ago in our 1990 in review mm-hmm. with uh, Steven Spielberg picking like okay books at best to make movies off of. He's the one situation <laughs> where the book is definitely not as good as the movie. Yeah, I um. I just didn't read enough. I mean, I read the heck out of Goosebumps, but uh, I just never got into the show. I don't, yeah. I, don't know. Uh, I think the Midnight Society could be a really helpful factor as well because it, it created that more community feel. Um, you're checking in on the on the group and what that story is, they're telling. And... Do you guys actually think the kids wrote the stories? <laughs> I do. I think. <laughs> Um, actually, the, like, in, are you afraid that Dark didn't have any writers? They're like, right. these kids, and they just... Like, Be- Betty Ann just was sweating and bleeding over her typewriter all week before. This 10-year-old or this 12-year-old is knocking it out of the park. DJ, DJ McHale is, like, typing away, and Betty Ann just comes and slaps down, laughing in the dark on the desk, and says, just stop writing. Um, no, yeah, but they mentioned in the slime book um, that they they did film all of their opening and ending segments in like two weeks. So they, um, they, most of the kids were not from where they shot. They're most, a lot from America, a few were from Canada. They'd fly them in for two weeks a year and they would shoot. They had, they had at least all the story ideas built. They would shoot the openings and the endings on a set. Uh, and then they would go home and then a year later they'd come back. They'd shoot all the openings and closings. Um, oh, that really, Kind of ruined <laughs> it a little. Yeah. Lost its luster. Um, How much care do you think they, you know, the writers took in assigning different stories to each character? Because you guys put a mm-hmm. lot of analysis into that. Well, I think I think that's why we talk about it because I think they did take care. I don't yeah. think it was like accidental. Each kid had a role to play in the society. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not quite even though, so they must have. Yeah. Put them into boxes. Well, once you're the person that tells ghost stories, or you're the person that tells stories about, like, something foreign coming in and trying to invade, you kind of have a market cornered in a horror TV show, as opposed to the kid who tells stories about, like, I don't know, family or something. (laughs) Well, there's Betty Ann, who told a lot of stories, but but she's got a loose kind of... uh, Do you think Betty Ann had an in with the writers? (laughs) (laughs) Sleeping her way to the top. <laughs> okay. That All was right. a little dark. All right. I apologize. I'm putting the powder on the fire. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're closing up shop. It's time to go home. Um, but, uh, well, thank you, um, Kevin and Melissa, for chatting with us about Are You Afraid of the Dark? This was a perfect topic to discuss in the middle of October. Right? Yeah. That was fun. Hmm. Well... I declare this meeting uh, of the big orange couch closed. (laughs) Pretty cool. Uh, (laughs) Except Joey still has some other stuff to talk about. (laughs) Well, what are we doing next week? Uh, Next week we're going to be talking about the Pete and Pete Halloween episode, Halloweeny. I think a pretty memorable one for me. Yeah, uh, very memorable. And... um, Appro- appropriate for October. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good thought. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, we're on Twitter at BOC Podcast, as in Big Orange Couch Podcast. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to us on Podbean. You can listen to us on iTunes. And most of all, very helpful if you just tell a friend uh, that there's this really cool Nickelodeon podcast uh, doing October episodes, spooktacular, Podtober, awesome stuff. Uh, every little bit helps. So until we uh, creep you out next week. All right, see you later. So long. <laughs>